Warning, the following podcast probably contains dirty words and graphic descriptions of ass-kicking action. Welcome to the Adkins Diet Podcast, the podcast where we watch every movie featuring prolific martial artist and actor Scott Adkins. I'm Adam, and as always, joining me is my wonderful wife, Whitney. Hey, y'all. So, I'd planned to try and watch uh, Undisputed 4, Boyka, this week for November, but since we had not done Undisputed 3 yet... We didn't really have time to do a double episode, so I went back a little bit further to the last movie he released before Boyka, 2016's Eliminators. Eliminators comes from WWE Studios uh, because it features one of their wrestlers, Wade Barrett, and it was directed by James Nunn, the same guy who directed Green Street Hooligans Underground, a previous movie we reviewed. The film starts out with Scott Adkins living a quiet life in England with his young daughter. We see her drawing pictures of the happy family that used to be with the mother that is no longer around, and Scott Adkins working a lowly security job. Until one night, three thugs break into the house and assault him with baseball bats, threaten his daughter, and say that they are looking for some cocaine, which he knows nothing about. Uh, It comes out that they went to the wrong address, and they really picked the wrong address because Scott Adkins turns out to be way more badass than they counted on, and he ends up having to kill all three of them to defend himself and his daughter. Afterwards, his face is plastered all over the news, and he wakes up handcuffed to a hospital bed as a suspect in the killings in his house. And we see international reaction to the news story with government officials in Washington, D.C. panicking when they see his face on the news, and a criminal somewhere in a mysterious location also reacting and sending out an assassin to go after him. Adkins character Martin Parker freaks out when he sees his face on the news and realizes that someone from his past will be coming after him. So after talking to a federal agent who he knows from his past, he decides he's got to break out because his friend's not going to get there in time and he's worried about his daughter. So he breaks free and beats up a couple police officers and escapes. He then goes to the social services office where the assassin who has been sent after him, played by wrestler Wade Barrett, has already killed one of the social workers and is trying to hack the computer to figure out where his daughter has been taken in protective custody. Adkins realizes what's going on and they have a running, gunning shootout in in the social services office that turns into a foot in a car chase. 
and eventually Adkins escapes into a cable car going over London. But the assassin, who doesn't have a name at this point, but we later find out is named Bishop, offers $10,000 to the other occupants of the cable car if they can knock Scott Adkins out. So one businessman cowers in the corner while two meatheads attempt to fight Scott Adkins. And we get a pretty interesting fight scene in the tiny cable car where the camera rotates around the outside of the car as Adkins wails on these dudes. Uh, eventually, he, after he knocks them out and the cable car stops, Bishop has been pursuing in his car and once again starts shooting at Adkins, but his buddy shows up just in the nick of time, and despite the fact that he has been shot in the gut by Bishop, Adkins manages to escape. They end up holding up in a safe house, and he tries to f fix up Scott Adkins' gunshot wound, promising that as soon as he's ready, they will go to pursue his daughter and rescue her before the assassin can get there. The assassin tracks the GPS in the federal agent's rental car, not a very smart move there, and tracks them to the slum building where the safe house is, and then blows his way into the apartment after a shootout in the hallway, and they have another shootout in the kitchen. Uh, before they can escape, the federal agent is shot by Bishop, and Adkins drags him out, but he dies in the car as they're driving away. While they're in the safe house, we get a little bit more of the backstory, and it turns out that Adkins' character Martin Parker is actually former U.S. federal agent Thomas McKenzie, who had spent years undercover in a criminal organization, eventually marrying the crime, or eventually getting together with the crime boss's daughter and having a child with her, who is the young girl we've seen, Carly. Now, marrying a crime boss's daughter when you're undercover, not really a good idea, and the inevitable happens, and after his cover is blown, the crime boss tried to kill him with a car bomb, but accidentally killed his own daughter. So that's when Thomas went into witness protection with his young daughter, and now the crime boss is after him to get revenge and get his granddaughter. Adkins realizes that they had been tracked via the GPS, so he lays in wait for Bishop and gets the jump on him and forces him to drive him out to the docks where he ties him up and tells him he's got to call his boss and tell him that he has Carly so that the boss will show up and Adkins can make sure to take him and his goons all out at once before he goes to save his daughter. Bishop manages to get free, and they have a knockdown, drag-out fight on the docks for a while, until Adkins manages to kick him into the water and escape again, and is headed to find Carly. We also see Bishop get out of the water, and he knows where Carly is located after interrogating, and one probably can assume killing the cop who was on the case, and so he is off in pursuit also. But before either of them can get there, the crime boss, Charlie Cooper, has arrived with his assistant and proceeds to kill the agents protecting Carly and then tells her that he is her grandfather and that he wants to take her away on vacation. 
Once Adkins shows up, he swiftly eliminates all of the goons that Cooper has around the safe house. Before he can go into the house, Bishop shows up and they have another drag knockdown drag out fight, this time in the barns around the safe house, eventually ending with Bishop getting impaled on a pickaxe that he was trying to use on Adkins. After this, he goes into the house and has a showdown with Cooper and Cooper's assistant and manages to kill both of them and save Carly and they lay hugging each other on the ground and the credits roll. So that was a pretty quick plot description because there's not really a huge amount of plot in the movie. It's a pretty basic setup and then the whole thing is just lots of chasing back and forth and driving interrupted by the occasional fist fighter shootout. Um, but I still found it pretty entertaining. Not one of the best Adkins movies we've watched. I like that it wasn't bogged down by the plot. Oh, I do too. I just think, uh, considering how light the plot was, some of the time ended up being padded out with lots of people driving intently trying to make it places on time, which, unless you're actually, you know, having the money and, and the button effects to do a real car chase, it's not really that exciting watching people drive with a determined look on their face trying to beat other people to a location. Agreed. But uh, the, the fights that were in the movie were pretty good. It opens very strong. Um, when the three people break into his house, they ha all have baseball bats, and there's a pretty fun fight scene where Adkins is kicking the bats as they're being swung at him to deflect them and generally holding his own pretty well against three armed thugs until they get the jump on him and just wail on him with the bats. Um, eventually he ends up having to shoot them with the revolver that one of them brought. But that was a, a pretty solid fight scene to open the movie. Um, when he fights the cops to get out of the hospital and they have the little extending nightsticks, he messes them up pretty good. That was a pretty fun fight. The first fight scene where he fights Bishop at the docks was really good, I thought. Um, Wade Barrett, the wrestler and former bare-knuckle boxer, is a big dude. He's a big, beefy man-mountain, so... Oh, yeah, he picks Scott Atkins up and whirls him around quite a few times. Yeah, he, get, he gets in the good wrestling slams. Um, I haven't watched wrestling in a long time, so I'm not familiar with Barrett, so I don't know if WWE did that thing where they stick the wrestler's signature moves into the movie, but there were definitely a couple solid slams in there. Um, when they try and go into some MMA holds and... Adkins is wrapped all around Barrett. Barrett picks him up by the throat while he's wrapped around his arm and his shoulder, basically, and just slams him down into the ground. That was a pretty badass move. Um, just generally taking, like, he's such a big dude that he takes lots of Adkins' hits and doesn't really seem too phased by him and, and can just toss Adkins around, which it makes sense because Bishop is supposed to be the most dangerous hitman in Europe, so... It makes sense that he would be able to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Adkins' character, who's just supposed to be a former federal agent. It's not like he's playing one of his usual characters who's supposed to be a, a martial arts expert or an amazing fighter or anything. So the fight scenes are, are pretty evenly matched, and, and Adkins gets beat up 
brutally a couple times. Uh, it does do that action movie thing, though, where, like, he's recovering from being beat down with bats at the beginning of the movie and seems to shake that off after 10 hours unconscious in the hospital. But after he's gut shot and gets it patched up, it really doesn't seem to affect him for the rest of the movie at all. Uh, but, you know, that's action movies. Bullets are just something that you shake off. It's either fatal or it doesn't really affect you at all. But yeah, pretty pretty good fights. The shootouts weren't very good. Lots of CG muzzle flash and CG bullets hitting walls. And I can't really give it credit for those, um, especially the shootout in the apartment. I like the way it started because they have a reinforced door on the apartment safe house where Adkins and his federal agent buddy are hiding out. So Bishop blows his way in through the wall from the adjoining apartment which was a cool start um but then it's just one of those fight scenes where he's hiding behind the hole in the wall and adkins is hiding behind one of those magical indestructible metal tables that you get in action movies and they just shoot back and forth for a while and toss guns around and not really a very exciting fight scene but at least the hand-to-hand -hand fights were yeah, they go through this whole process of the other FBI agent, like, Cover me. maneuvering <laughs> around the room to get a shotgun, and he takes, like, two shots with the shotgun, and then Scott Atkins like, well, back to my handgun. Yeah, he just he just wastes the shotgun ammo shooting at the hole in the wall. Not a, not a great shootout, not great staging on that, which is a shame because uh, the movie does have some location shooting. There's, It's not like a lot of the cheaper straight-to-video movies where everything takes place in like nondescript rooms or bad green screen like there's some actual shooting on the streets of london and the cable car and that kind of stuff uh so it's a shame that the shootouts didn't get the same love that the fist fights did but then again the real draw of an adkins movie is gonna be your hand-to-hand -hand fights so i guess they concentrated where it mattered um, but it's not like it had any, like, memorable shots like in El Gringo where you get some pretty cool stuff in the shootouts or even just the over-the-top violent shootouts that we got last time with Savage Dog. But yeah, it, it seemed like because this was a WWE production, it might have had a little bit more money behind it than, uh, than a straight-to-video movie typically does. Um, the cast was pretty solid. Uh, Wade Barrett doesn't make a huge impression acting-wise, but that's because he's just playing the generic assassin. All he really has to do is be... Oh, no, I'm quite fond of his taunting. Well, that's what I was going to say. Other than being a big menacing dude, the only thing he really does is constantly taunt Scott Adkins' character during their fights. But I think that's, like, the main skill you need as a wrestler is to be able to taunt your opponent during a fight. Oh, so. I don't want to but they, he, he brings that to the table, and, and that's good, even if his character doesn't really get much else to do. But yeah, good, decent fight scenes. Um, Could have used a few more fight scenes, maybe less driving, desperately scenes, and maybe even more plot if it could have filled up some of the driving time. <laughs> but overall, it, it was pretty entertaining. There's really not a huge amount to say about this one uh, I, I don't think um, that cable car fight was probably the most 
technically interesting or unique part of the movie. Um, I did like the way the camera rotated around the outside of the cable car as Scott Adkins was beating up the two guys dumb enough to take him on. Um, that was pretty cool. And, and like I said, the fight scene on the docks was a good knockdown drag out fight. Um, Adkins got thrown through lots of stuff in the barn. That was fun. Lots of head getting busted through wood and body busting through wood and walls and fences. Oh, one thing I will say, the there's a female social worker. Let me see if I can remember her name here. Stacy. So from the moment that Carly gets taken to child services, uh, Stacy's there to try and look out for her and bond with her and talk about how she lost one of her parents too and they both have little keepsakes that they remember them by and every time somebody shows up to move Carly to another location Stacy insists on going with them because she doesn't want Carly to have another stranger who she you know is scared of taking her places uh, so throughout the movie Stacy's like one of the closest things to a supporting character we have um, when the bad guy, Charlie Cooper, and his assistant show up, he just bitch smacks her and knocks her out. And I was like, okay, so she's unconscious till the end of the movie. But then he tells his assistant to finish up, and you hear some silenced bullet shots. And it's like, okay, well, I guess Stacy's dead now. <laughs> and sure enough, uh, after... Adkins comes in and saves the day and kills Cooper and his assistant. The movie just ends with him and Carly hugging each other afterwards, just right to credits. So we can assume that Stacy definitely died. Stacy lived a lot longer than she should have, though. But that's she was I'm... in the building when Bishop showed up no, and started no, they, killing people. They were gone already. It was her boss at Child Services who got shot by Bishop. They had already moved to but the safe But she location. was there when Bishop got there. Well, maybe. The time was a little, little iffy She was on that. in the scene with him. No, she wasn't. Yes, she was. No. Yes, she was. No, Bishop yes. came in after. She was there. Okay. Well, we, we can't go back and watch it right now, but I think I'm right, and it was just editing that made it look like Bishop got there quicker. Okay. But the fact is, if she was going to last almost the whole movie, I thought she would be there in the end, and, you know... I, I thought maybe it would do the silly action movie thing of like, oh, maybe she'll be part of Carly's life now and she'll get together with Scott Adkins' character, which I didn't want to happen because it wouldn't have really made sense. But at the same time, she survived long enough that it seemed kind of cold-hearted of the movie to just kill her off when it was completely unnecessary and she was already unconscious. Um, I thought at least, you know, maybe she'd wake up at the end and Adkins would be like, hey, thanks for trying to look out for my daughter. Sorry you got bitch smacked, but at least you didn't get dead. But she did get dead. So not a great time for her. Weird to spend that much time with her character and have her bond with the daughter and and then just kill her offhandedly. Uh, maybe the scriptwriter kind of forgot about that and was just like, yeah, put in some more silence shots and she's dead. One thing I did want to say, uh, Eliminators is a pretty dumb name. It is. It was a pretty dumb name for a movie. It's very generic. Um, just, like, maybe if it had been a bunch of assassins sent after Scott Adkins, it would have made a little more sense. But it's just a really dumb generic name for a fairly generic action movie. But 
I feel like a little bit more effort could have put in, even if you just like made up your typical three word style Steven Seagal title, it would probably be much better, like driven by vengeance or, um, you know, chase to kill or any random assortment of words would probably be better than eliminators which just makes me think of or maybe just eliminator since there's one assassin yeah that would make more sense it would still be bad and then also what i was gonna say is it just reminds me of eliminator the zz top album which is not really a very badass association for an action movie um but you know i guess i'd rather they put effort into the fight scenes which were pretty entertaining than the script, which was pretty mediocre, or the title, which is really stupid. So we'll jump right to the nutrition facts. Uh, the movie, the first action sequence came just eight minutes in when the thugs break into Adkins' home, so that was a, a good rapid start to the action, even if it did slow down a little bit after that. A much smaller body count than we've had for the last couple of movies here. Um, for uh, Non-Adkins character kills, there were 14 kills. Non-Adkins knockouts, there were three, including Adkins being beat down with the baseball bats. Uh, Adkins managed to kill nine people in the movie and knock out seven, since a lot of the people weren't criminals or assassins, so he wasn't trying to kill the cops or the random thugs in the... Uh, cable car so lots of people who he just choked out or beat or gave traumatic head injuries to who we can assume lived happily ever after there wasn't a training montage per se but the opening credits were a montage of him working out so that's like half a training montage um for the best move in the movie i would say it was during the fight at the docks when it looks like Bishop has Adkins from behind and he's taunting him again as he takes time to do every time he has the upper hand in the fight. And Adkins does a backward somersault into a two-legged kick that nails uh, Bishop standing behind him and kicks him into the water and that's how he gets away. That was a pretty sweet-ass move. Do you agree? I I agree. That was the best one. Lots of flip clicking. Got a couple of Adkins trademark spin kicks in there too. Um, but that somersault was definitely the, uh, the highlight of the movie. And for a new entry, great moments in stealth. When Adkins is sneaking up to the safe house and taking out the boss's guards, he gets the drop on a guy who's peeing and you think, okay, so he's going to take this guy out quietly and snap his neck or hit him on the head or something like that because he's got all these other guards around. But no, he just puts a shotgun to his chest and blows him away point blank with the loudest weapon at his disposal, drawing the attention of all the other guards. Great moments in stealth. And for the Abskins report, here's Whitney. I give this a 3 out of 10. Because there is some sweaty Scott Atkins at the beginning of the movie when he's working out. And then he gets into the shower where, you know, he's wet and naked. So that's hot. But other than that, he's not really that sweaty or wet or naked. 
So he only gets three points for this movie, despite the fact that it was very hot when he was naked and wet. I think you gave a higher score to Rekill for the like five seconds of him in the shower than you did for this, which was, was a much hotter. more extended shower shot. It was hotter. Okay, I can't evaluate that, but I'm just gonna say. Um, do you I like think... do you like wet naked men? I do not, but okay, I'm, just, I'm saying, just saying. I feel like you we gave got... Rekill a higher rating, and that had less of Adkins being sweaty or shirtless or in the shower, but. I'm not going to count on you for consistency in your ratings. You rate from the gut. When he was sweaty, his shirt wasn't stuck to him. He was just sweaty. And when he was in the shower, you only got a little bit of in the shower time. I'm just saying, I can't rate the Abskins report. Only you can do that. But I feel like in terms of how much of a look you got at shirtless Scott Adkins, the little bit you got in this was more than in Rekill. In Rekill, he was wetter, longer. This one, he was shirtless longer, but he wasn't in the shower. He got out of the shower briefly, briefly in the shower under the water. He got out of the shower, then he was just wet. Well, like I said, I can't rate it, so I can only be baffled by your microsecond breakdowns of Scott Adkins' shirtlessness. But uh, in terms of appealing ladies in the movie, there is no female nudity whatsoever. Um, can't really think of what scene it would have been appropriate to fit it into, so that makes sense. There was one jiggly lingerie-clad waitress working in the bar full of criminals that uh, Bishop kills in his first scene as we see him carrying out a hit before he gets the call to take down Scott Adkins. So she was pretty cute and very bouncy and wearing lingerie for her waitress uniform, so that was fun. But that was about it. So in terms of recommendations, uh, this I haven't seen very many movies produced by the WWE. Um, the I saw the horror movie See No Evil starring wrestler Kane, which was absolutely atrocious. So I cannot recommend that one. But I did watch The Marine many years ago on cable. And it's not a movie that's really worth like buying, but... If you see it on cable, the first Marine movie starring John Cena with Robert Patrick, a.k.a. T-1000, as the villain, was very entertaining. Uh, T-1000 chews a lot of scenery and kidnaps John Cena's wife after a robbery, and John Cena chases him down, and things get blown up, and people get beat up and shot, and it's generally... uh, a stupid but entertaining bad action movie in the 80s style, so I appreciated that one. Uh, also, the villain in this movie, Charlie Cooper, the evil Santa Claus, as I would think of him with his big bushy white beard. He looks a lot like uh, Cameron Mitchell's Space Captain Santa in the classic cheesy movie Space Mutiny except he looks more evil like Cameron Mitchell in every other movie I've ever seen him in. Has been in a whole bunch of movies. Um, Just to name a few, he's been in Highlander, uh, Braveheart. He played Renton's dad in the train spotting movies and just all over the place. Um, So if you haven't seen Highlander for some reason, that's an action movie classic. So watch Highlander. 
Um, and apparently he was Field Marshal Haig in the new Wonder Woman movie, which I still haven't had a chance to see yet, but I've heard that was pretty entertaining. And also, uh, some people might recognize that the setup for the plot for Eliminators was pretty much the exact setup for the David Cronenberg movie, A History of Violence, with a man trying to hide from his violent past until a chance encounter leads to him fucking some dudes up and getting attention on the news and people from his past coming after him. Um, that's a much more serious take on the the concept um, from David Cronenberg, one of our favorite directors. So if you haven't seen that, then definitely watch that also. So this ended up being a lot shorter than usual, and instead of doing what was supposed to be a double episode about two undisputed movies, we did our shortest episode about a movie that was mid-tier Scott Adkins, but definitely not better than the Undisputed movies. Um, it didn't have the nasty, violent streak that made Savage Dog so memorable. Uh, it didn't have the absurd body count that made El Gringo memorable and the shootouts. But I'd say the, the Scott Adkins fight with Wade Barrett at the docks would rank up there with some of the better Adkins beatdowns we've seen. Um, but as a whole, the rest of it doesn't really rank high above the, the movies that we've enjoyed more in this series so far. Also, if you want to send us any feedback, uh, email us at theadkinsdietpodcast at yahoo.com. And please make sure and follow and like us on SoundCloud or subscribe and rate us on iTunes. As always, I want to thank my brother for designing our kick-ass logo. Check out his work at cjc.design on Instagram. And I want to thank my brother from another mother, Cousin Pete, for our awesome theme song, He's Out of Control. Check out him on Razormouth Productions on Facebook. That's Productions with a Z. Or Cousin Pete on Facebook, C-U-Z-Z-I-N Pete. And join us next time. Have a great day.